So, if you think about it on a kind of one way of simplifying what meditation is, it's like let's say you do a 30 minute sit in the morning or something. It's essentially pausing your your actions. So if, if basically living your day is the equivalent of wiggling your fingers um, by sitting for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes in the morning, you are sitting in an extended version of the about to moment. So for 30 minutes, I'm about to go on with my day. And what you're doing is you're kind of separating the wheat from the chaff. You're separating the intentionality from the actions. So instead of just getting up, checking your phone, going to the bathroom, having muesli, making a coffee, putting on your clothes, combing your hair, doing what you do, instead of just one action after the other, without really a clear sense of where the intentionality is coming from, you stop external actions and then you watch and feel that awkward um, about to. Like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna follow through on any action. I'm just gonna watch the intentions of my mind. And what's great is that it'll purify a lot of your intentions. It's a purification process. So that you're like, oh, I think I should write that email to this person. And instead of going and just writing the email, you're watching the intention. And as you watch the intention and get curious about it, you'll be like, oh, actually the intention underneath that is I'm insecure about something or I'm trying to get something from this person. And you wouldn't have seen that intention if you just went ahead and wrote the email. So by slowing down all of your actions before doing anything, it's not about hesitating. We don't want to be more hesitant or doubtful and that can get tricky, but by pausing before doing an action, you clarify the intention underneath that action. So we did it on a very neutral, low stakes level of wiggling the fingers, but extend this to anything. You're about to eat a meal, right? So instead of just sitting down and eating it, stop, close your eyes, tell yourself, okay, I'm about to eat. Give yourself the command, eat the food, and then watch the intentions of the mind that are about to eat. And you might find that you're actually not hungry, that you were just eating out of comfort or you're eating the wrong thing or you're really stressed and you're emotional about something that just happened. And it's better that you clarify that intention before eating rather than bringing it into the meal. Really any action that you do, really every action that you do throughout the day should have clarity of intention. But you can't meditate a half an hour before everything that you do. 
I can't just be like, okay, I'm going to meditate, then I'm going to brush my teeth, then I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes, and then I'm going to comb my hair, which I never do. So you can, however, take this 30-minute practice period and extend it into essentially everything you do, and you do that by slowing down. So if, if you slow down everything that you do, before you punch in the code at, at work, whatever that code is in that, well, neither of you work right up right now, forget that analogy. Um, before you get in uh, the subway, so you like take out your Presto Pass or whatever it is. As you're taking out your Presto Pass before tapping on the subway, just watch the moment where you're about to tap your Presto Pass. And you're going to bother other people if you stay too long. You're not going to spend 15 minutes watching this about two moment. But you can spend three seconds instead of just instantly tapping. So then you tap. And then you see the door open and you walk through. Or you could walk through, you could stop. Just look around, pretend like you're looking for something. But what you're actually doing is sneaking a little mindfulness into your day. We've talked about this before. It's kind of like hacking your day, building all of these little moments in so that essentially the practice of what we just did a half an hour of watching this about to moment of just sitting or when we did standing meditation it's taking that same attitude of mind mindfulness to watch the intentions that are in the mind before or when you're about to do any action and you might even ask yourself if you're unclear what the intention is will doing this make me happy and you'll often get a very clear answer. And as you dig deeper into these unconscious or subconscious intentions, that's when you start doing the deep work of real personal transformation, where you'll start to see that underneath a lot of what you do is fear, guilt, anxiety, repressed emotion, doubt, restlessness, all these sorts of things are just sitting under the surface, but they're informing the intention. So this is a very powerful practice. And how does it relate to the talk that I had kind of laid out in the email? Well, when you're sitting, doing a sitting practice, or when you're standing still in the about to moment, what you actually see, what I hinted at is when you get curious about it, is that there's nothing happening at all not wiggling the fingers is just as much of an action as wiggling the fingers will be. And the intention, the intentioner, or the person who is about to wiggle their fingers, you'll find doesn't exist. That if you watch closely enough and you say, okay, wiggle the fingers, where is that command coming from? And are you really consciously choosing it? So. You can tell me what you discover, but what I've discovered is that there's nothing there. It's just, there's nothing there. If you look closely enough, there's, there's nothing. There's no one. There's, not, there's no central actor or central mechanism at the basis of our intentionality. There's just intentionality that's arising. And like Andreas, like you just noted, when you weren't wiggling your fingers, it's like your mind was wiggling the fingers. So pre, like before actions actually happening, everything is happening in the mind. 
But if you look at one level even before the mind, you won't find anything. There's just nothingness. So that requires deep investigation because when you watch the impermanent nature of the mind, you see how it's constantly changing. If something is constantly changing, there's, there's nothing that it inherently is. It's just a pro constantly changing process. This is a, to be clear, it's not a nihilistic view of like, well, we should all just like off ourselves because there's no meaning here. There's a tremendous amount of meaning and the meaning is found in the emptiness of the, in the lack of inherent self in this intentionality process. So you discover on the one hand that there's nothing happening right now. Nothing has ever happened in history. It's not like we're just talking about now and like, oh yes, Napoleon happened and Beethoven was here, but now, no, I'm, I'm the one that's empty of inherent identity. No, nothing has ever happened. Everything you've ever learned in history class, everything that happened in your life when you were two and 10 and 20, none of it ever happened. There's nothing actually happening right now. This is all illusion because how, how could it be real if it's moving? if it's constantly changing. So you discover that in that kind of about to moment when you look in and you'll see there's just no mover, there's no intentioner. But then what becomes incredibly clear as you purify your intention is that actions spontaneously arise on their own. That what you thought was me deciding to wiggle my fingers like, hey, my name is Jeremy. It was given to me by my parents. I'm a person. Here I am. It hurts when you pinch me. And I have a brain. And what I was taught in high school biology is that my brain is deciding to send nerve signals to my fingers. Yeah, on one level that is true. But at the level that we're talking about, upon investigation, you'll see that there is no Jeremy. And that there is no person deciding to wiggle the fingers. There's just fingers that are wiggling or a body that is sitting there, but there's no one that is deciding to make it sit there. So as this clarity of mind comes where you start to see everything is, is empty of self, that you aren't at the center of the, you aren't driving this, this car, there's no one at the driver's, driver's seat. It's not that you become nihilistic and are like, okay, I should just give up and just whatever. In fact, real action arises out of that space and much purer, much more meaningful actions arise out of this empty space because there's no one thinking that they're in the driver's seat. There's no ego getting in the way of pure spontaneous action. So when you practice, say, walking meditation, this is a really great practice for seeing this, is that you'll start off being like, I'm placing my foot, I'm lifting my other foot and placing my foot, I'm doing this. And then it becomes, I'm being mindful of myself doing this, and I'm being mindful of myself lifting my right foot. But then over time, as you keep walking, you'll just notice, oh, left foot is lifting, left foot is placing, right foot, and there's no one deciding to do it. There's no one deciding to be mindful of it. It's just pure walking. Walking is just happening out of 
essentially thin air. So we, we would say that the saints, someone who's completely enlightened, has pure, just pure natural action. They still grab a bowl of cereal. They still get, you know, tap their Presto card. All of these normal things happen because we exist in this realm of time and space. But there's no one at the center of it that's really deciding to do those things. And even to the degree that you feel like, well, I know how to do two plus two, or I'm deciding to take the streetcar instead of an Uber, someone is deciding that. But at a deeper level, no one is deciding that. It's deciding itself. So we, we bring this insight of reality, which is that there is nothing happening right now, which is the part of the Nisargadatta quote, which is, um, wisdom tells me I'm nothing. There is, n there is nothing there. That's the cultivation of wisdom. But then love tells me I'm everything. So then you move from this place of seeing there's no identity to bringing, I guess, the truer self into manifestation through this pure action, where you then realize that you are everything that's happening and everything that's arising. And the actions they say at that point are purely for the sake of other beings. They're purely compassionate actions. They're purely brilliant actions, but no one is a hundred percent, right? So we're all in this back and forth, which is why he says between the two, my life flows. You might have, you guys might go on a retreat and you'll have this amazing insight. You'll have your Satori experience where you're, where you're just see that you've woken up out of the dream. You have a lucid moment and you just realize, oh my gosh, there's nothing happening right now. This is all just a joke. It's one big fat joke. But then all the actions that ensue are going to be much more pure. You're going to go grab your cup of tea. You're going to walk and it's just going to feel like it's just happening. It's this dream is just spontaneously happening. But then you'll run into another pocket of self identity where you're stuck and you're identified as this me. And then you bring that into your practice until that comes purified until the wisdom shows you that there's no me there, which then again loops you into more purified action which then brings you into a world where there's more possibilities for being called a me, which then you have to go back and purify. So you'll have an enlightenment moment, but then that has to become made real in the world. And then you're going to get stuck again, and then you have to have another enlightenment. So you keep having these mini enlightenments that become over time this insight of a process where you are both wisdom, you are both the piece of paper that says, there's just dust here, there's really nothing happening at all, there's no me at the center of this, I'm just dust and ashes. And also, I am here, I am this unique self that's living in the world. And has and I have to live as if the world was created for me, and I have to live for the sake of all beings. So you live this constant back and forth between wisdom and love and between I'm dust and ashes and the world was made for me. And that those two things are called the wings of awakening. Really, we need both of those insights to lift ourselves up and we we cycle between them between our life. Uh, between those two, my life flows.
balance between, I mean, everything's fucking balanced. Jesus Christ. Like, it's just so crazy how, like, all these things are just keep coming up everywhere. Like, these themes of, you know, balance between these extreme polarities that are necessary um, and try to find, like, what that means in this time and space. Like, yes, the fact that this world was made for me. Like, the, for us as humans to be on this earth, like, everything had to be this perfect storm, like, for these perfect, perfect events that all came together and an eternity has been, you know, for us to be here and thinking of, like, you know, all the mass extinctions that have happened and for those survivors to be our ancestors and here we still are and life still prevails on this earth and all these things but then at the end of the day as well you know when it's all over like we're just ashes and it's nothing and it's <laughs> we're so insignificant when you think of like the bigger fucking picture you're just this piece you're just a piece you know in this essential life cycle that is how the earth operates and feeds itself and we're essential to it you know like we we we, we need it we need the gravity we need all of it and or else we can't exist we can't or we can't exist and function the way that we do now it just makes me feel so it's like powerful but like overwhelming because you're like you know do I matter then like yes I do matter so it's a lot of of that that but (sighs) understanding this like the the grandioseness of this universe this consciousness this you know here we are like all like why are we the ones to have to do this work to figure this shit out you know why aren't fucking dolphins doing it or why aren't (laughs) you know ants coming up with all this research (laughs) you know to figure out like where we come from and our purpose and how we can be like we're the only ones doing it and then you have those individual extraordinary humans that are the ones to climb up to the top of these falls to get that information or the ones to dive down deep into these fucking caverns in Mexico where the meteor or all these things just like to, to be able to find more of that information is just like you know like how are these people feel the need to have to do this like is that was that their dharma was that their calling to to go and fly up into the ozone layer and take a sample of that so that we can understand you know the the pieces and all these things that make us how we are here today it just blows my mind um but at the end of the day we're just this blip in time it's just yeah it's just nuts it's crazy 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 yeah thank you for that Jerry. sure I don't know what happened to Ingrid. I hope she's okay. Ingrid, yeah, she she hasn't been able to. Um, oh, here she's typing. 
I feel like it's because animals already know. Aha, uh -huh, and humans becoming domesticated, so now we're trying to undo that and see further. Also, dolphins <laughs> are aliens. Yeah. I feel like it's because animals already know. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading that, that book as well, um, The Empath Survival Guide, and talking about the intuitive empath and how people are able to feel earthquakes or, you know, before they happen or all these kinds of things. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of animals do that too. But we've just mm -hmm. lost so much, like, you know, he, uh, dogs are em uh, empaths to us. You know, they understand, they sense when we're sad in the other room and they'll come and find us, you know? Mm. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we have a lot of culture with a lot of that. And I think just like, I think we're all at the end of the day empaths. Like we all have this ability because we are all made of the same fucking shit. We're all that same energy. We're all these stars. We're all from the same, same, same thing. And so we all have these capabilities to understand that and I think the mindfulness and like how everyone is just looking for this mindfulness and everyone's trying to find purpose in this world, I think more than ever, or maybe it's just because of the internet that we're all just more aware of it. But I mean, I just, I just never remember anyone talking about mindfulness or meditation before. I mean, as a Catholic and as a Christian, like these things were just not, and I mean, I guess you could say prayers if we're mindfulness meditation but like not really when you're like when you see God in that kind of context to me that like only until now am I finding the similarities between prayer and mindfulness and meditation but um, I don't know it's just nice that like as a collective I feel like we're all trying to find this shit out together mm. and um no, we're evolving. That's for sure. Yeah.